Hello, Herd, and welcome to another episode of the Herd Main Show. I'm your Herd Leader, John Wayne. And I'm your Herd Mom, Megan. And today, we are getting into something interesting. Um, mm-hmm. It's so interesting that uh, that's why it's, it, that's partly why it's late. Yeah. Um, we've also had some uh, issues with recording because of the renovations going on at our apartment complex. Thanks, guys. But also, um, we set out originally to talk about the Force. Mm-hmm. We discussed that, we talked about that, we agreed on that. And then I got to writing the script. And I went down a rabbit trail I did not expect to get stuck in. And so what was meant to be like a third of the script became the entire script. And so then we had to revisit, okay, do we cut certain parts or do we make this a three-part series or do we do, what do we, what do we do? Uh, because I was just so interested in the rabbit trail, I didn't want to let any of it go. Um, so, what ended up coming about is a new series for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, it's, it, it's still about the Force. We're going to talk a lot about the Force and what inspired the for- Force from real-world perspective. But, this is going to be part of a series where we talk about Star Wars Inspirations. And that may sound familiar because we did do an episode on Star Wars film inspirations. So we talked about the films that inspired the films that we love that inspire us. Um, and so we're kind of going in that same vein of saying, okay, what inspired the Force? And then we're going to talk about it. And this opens us up to the possibility of doing this as a series of, you know, other real-world inspirations on um, Star Wars from music to... Uh, politics, to war, to all kinds of stuff, and there's multiple inspirations for the Force um, that we will uh, revisit and talk about. So this is kind of like part one of that. No idea how long that'll go. Um, there's our cat. There's a cat. Um, so yeah, so no, not really sure exact. We're not setting. We're not saying this is part one or this is one of however many. We're just gonna open it up to um, do it as long as we want until we run out of Star Wars inspirations. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like we're going to have a hard time doing that. Yeah. So, that said, today, the Star Wars inspiration that we're focusing on is Taoism, or Taoism. Um, it is an Eastern religion, um, or Eastern philosophy, depending on your point of view, um, that I think is one of the biggest inspirations for the Force, and you'll kind of see what I'm talking about as we go along. If you've ever gone down this rabbit trail, um, then you know how awesome this conversation is going to be and how cool this uh, exploration is going to be. If you've never heard of this or never seen these connections, hopefully you find this interesting, and hopefully I've got you as hooked as I am now hooked. Um, but this is just one of the many facets that inspired the Force, but we wanted to give this um, this focus um, all of the attention so that we could best cover it, discuss it, open it up, you know, really try and understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, because, kind of like how we talked about with the Star Wars Inspirations, the film Inspirations episode, I think that when we understand what inspired George Lucas and the creative minds to create Star Wars, I think we better understand Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Not to say that because it inspired it, Star Wars is exactly like it, more so just that when we understand 
the makeup of the Force, we can kind of understand the perspective of the Force in the, the films more, or, or in the shows, and so forth and so on. Um, when we understand what went into the inspiration of the Empire and the First Order and the Jedi, I think we can more understand why they are the way they are a little bit. Um, so I don't think this is necessarily to say this is the way it is, but I, I, I think it's more of this is what the closest real-world equivalent we have to it. What does that say about the Force? Yeah. And that's what I'm interested to dive into. There's also some really cool moments where it's like, oh, what? It's a lot of cool Easter eggs that if they if they aren't purposeful, are super huge coincidences. I'm just saying. <laughs> there are so, no coincidences. Only Sith deal in coincidences. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that is that is a line that gives me infinite like mm. It's just like, only the Sith deal in absolutes. That in itself is an absolute. Well, I think... I think without having done proper thinkage of that whole thing... Ah, yes, thinkage. I think it's more about those per that particular kind of absolute. Gotcha. I think, I think Obi-Wan means more so the attitude of, if you're not with me, you're my enemy. Um, Which is also the attitude of the Jedi. But they don't explicitly say it. Yeah. They have it they have it set up with their hierarchy and their rules. They have it set up that way, but they don't yeah. say that. With mm -hmm. Sith, at least Sith, on here's the thing. Sith are more honest than Jedi are. Let let's be real. Yeah. And so in that moment, mm -hmm. Anakin and that's the that's the tragedy of everything is that if Anakin only understood how much I mean, he's not wrong. The Jedi are broken. I wouldn't say they're evil, but they are broken and wrong. If you only understood how much he's saying that the Jedi have been saying for years and the attitude that he has now towards the Jedi is the attitude the Jedi have had towards the Sith and all, you know, it it's one of those things where nobody's I mean, here's the thing. Yeah, Anakin killed children. You know, Palpatine's evil. Sith are evil, yes. But mm -hmm. In philosophy, Sith and Jedi aren't that far off. Mm -hmm. They they're both <clears throat> extremists in their views. Hot take. And so that I think that's why there's never peace and balance is because they're both extremists. You can't have peace if you're on one extreme because you want everybody to be on your extreme or else. And so sounds familiar. Yeah. Well, I mean it. I mean you could apply that to politics. You could apply that to religion. You can apply that to just simple relationships like if you're not if you don't believe what i believe about this thing like star you know if you don't believe that the last jedi is the most epic star wars film it's better than anything else then you're wrong and just to clarify that's not my attitude yeah but it's like if you don't <laughs> if you don't agree with me then you're you're wrong you're not a real fan <clears throat> oh if you don't like you know captain marvel you're not a real fan if you don't like captain america you're not a real fan if that, we could go on and on the yeah. you know the thing is the reason there's that extremist attitude in politics is because we're human. There's the, the reason there's that extremist attitude in religion is because we're human. The reason that there's that extremist attitude in fandoms is because we're human. We as humans want to be right and want to be our side to be the right side. And that's why we're never going to have much peace. If, if that's our attitude, that everybody has to agree with us, we're, we're going to be at war a lot. 
and I'm not just talking like bang bang war. I'm just you know we're just going to be in conflict a lot because that's that's too high of expectations. To expect everybody to agree with me and my opinions about Star Wars is just ridiculous. Yeah. The same way that for me to expect everyone to believe my beliefs of religion is just ridiculous. You know, I believe what I believe, and, you know, if you agree, then cool. If you don't agree, then cool. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to try and, you know, nail, nail you to a cross for what you believe. That, that That's just, I don't believe in that. Yeah. I believe that I believe what I believe, you believe what you believe. And you just chill. Yeah. <laughs> and in fact, there's a lot that we can probably agree on based on what we believe. That's that's something to never lose is and, and we talked I talked oh, it was in a Monday motivation. I talked about like, you know, compromise of like, hey, I believe this, you believe that, but you know, there's this little sliver where the two pies cross. Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you don't like Kylo Ren. I don't like Jar Jar, but we both like Leia. Let's talk about that. Like, yeah. you know, let's not focus on the big things we disagree on. Let's focus on the little things we do agree on, and let's just be happy about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I, I, I just realized how we got on that. Uh, side note. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the thing with me. You can't say things that I'm not scripted for because I just talk. Yeah, and ten minutes later, we're still in the intro. <laughs> oh my goodness. We haven't well even done then, news yet. Well then, do the news. <laughs> Hit me with some news. Are you ready for the news, John? Yes. Alright. Data dump. We're gonna dump some data on you. <clears throat> we haven't said that in a while, man. Yeah. I got corrected. We haven't dumped it in a while. Yeah, I, I haven't been very regular. Um, I got corrected the other day for saying data. Oh. Yeah, no, it's data. It's data. It's data. It was by an older person. So, I guess, like, did you know, John, that the pronunciation of data versus data is mostly due to Star Trek The Next Generation? Well, and I think it's how thick your accent is wherever you're from. Because I do think data is a bit more proper in e- and also English. Yeah. And I think data comes from the southern inclination to to kind of twang some some uh uh oh gosh vowels yeah um and so that i think that happens regularly yeah at the end of the day it's the same word <laughs> i don't, really I don't care know. and if you say datum then you're weird you know what if you think it's pronounced data show me your data i've got some statistics for you you got some statistics? I got some sti- statistics. <laughs> you got some news? When you always do the... You got southern, eczema? <laughs> when you do the southern accent, you always like put emphasis on the wrong letter. <laughs> I'm telling you, the southern accent is just like a very, you know, uh, drawl English accent. You know, John. We had this conversation the other day. I bowled you some peanuts, and I wrapped them in aluminum foil. There you go. And I made some Aluminum pecan pie. Alright, let's get to some news. Anyway, so in gaming news this week, guess what, John? This weekend is double experience. I know. Battlefront. I know. I'm out of town this weekend and next weekend, so of course everything yeah. awesome is happening. Yeah. Yeah, this is double experience and everything. Next weekend is triple experience in the new game mode. And I'm not here. So... Yeah. I am here this week and this Sunday, so 
I'm going to try and hop on if anybody wants to join me. I know Ryan, me and him have played um, over the weekend. Me and Michael have played before, so yeah. if you're interested in joining me, I'll put it on Twitter whenever I uh, am about to hop on. You can just add me on PlayStation and yeah. can join me. I mean, we can only have four in a squad, but who cares? Uh, and if you want to join me, I'm going to be playing Yoshi's Woolly World. <laughs> uh, my game mode is five. I don't know. <laughs> you, haven't even, you don't even have the game yet. I don't even have the game yet. It's but not out yet. I pre-ordered it. So, yeah, enjoy that without me, though, guys. I'm, I'm going to, like I said, I'll be on Sunday, but I'll be on Sunday for, like, four hours. I'm not going to get yeah. what I need. I, yeah, it's just gonna, not going to happen. You're going to pass out and then pop off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm going to, I'm going to travel back, have a Sunday nap, and then... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be an adventure, but I I'm determined. I got to get yeah. my officer ranked up now that now that they have the pretty clone armor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually want to play as the officer, so yeah. but only for the clones. <laughs> I was hoping you pick your clone the other night. My clone. What? The the which one you wanted to play as? Never mind. Oh, okay. Uh comic news out now. Guys. Uh, solo adaptation six of seven, Star Wars number sixty three, and Legends Epic Collection: The Old Republic number three. Yeah. So if you don't know, they um, they release uh, that Legends Epic Collection like once a month, maybe maybe every other month. Mm-hmm. And they're not super consistent with it, but basically, it's different collections of Legends comics. Um, this obviously being the Old Republic. They've done Old Republic. They've done Clone Wars. Um, they've done the um, the Thrawn trilogy, they've done um, the uh, Star Wars Legacy series. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many great uh, Crimson Empire. I think they've done a lot of really great stuff. So, if you love Legends comics and you're looking to update, or if you've never checked out Legends comics and are looking for a way to get them, if you don't know where to begin of which is what, what's the order? Mm-hmm. These put them in order for you, so you can um, go back there. On Comixology, they're about 20 bucks each, which is really not bad. I got all the Clone Wars ones for 20 bucks each. Wow. Um, and so that's really not bad for... You get about 12 or so mm-hmm. um, per per omnibus, so I highly recommend it um, if you're into Legends comics and looking to... Like I said, I needed to upgrade. I Mine were some of the original issues, so I needed to get the new collection uh, yeah. just because mine were getting scraggly. So, because I don't collect for pristineness, and only thing I collect for pristineness is covers. Mm-hmm. I do cover collections. Uh, what well, we do. Um, but physical copies I just have to read. Mm-hmm. So I I know that's sacrilegious to some, but yeah, it's sacrilegious. <clears throat> that's the uh, that's uh, Salacious's cousin. Sacrilegious crumb. Yeah, that sounds terrible. It's a. Uh... It's a Simpsons reference. Um, so. Oh, and um, <clears throat> Star Wars 63. Yeah. Yes. Um, Leia versus uh, Queen Trios. Yeah. It's coming up, so. Yes. She's, uh, she's got her uh, gang together. She's she's getting her, her, she's, it, the basically, <clears throat> sorry, if I'm clearing my throat, allergies. Yes. Um, there's a bunch of yellow gunk everywhere, so please forgive me. If you live in Georgia, you know the struggle. Um, issue 62 basically was just this big montage of Leia getting crew together. She's got, like, Saw Gerrera's partisans and all kinds of cool dudes. Ooh. So, yeah, something's going down. I can't wait. It's about to go down. Yeah. 
Um, <clears throat> book news. The Obi-Wan and Anakin Choose Your Destiny book was released yesterday. Yeah, it's by Kevin Scott. Um, this is the third one yeah. we mentioned before. There's the uh, Luke and Leia, and there's Lando's Luck. Yeah. All really great. I tried to find it in Barnes & Noble yesterday, but it didn't happen. Yeah, we after Pirate's Price, we gave up on trying to find these books in store. Yeah. Um, we don't have a lot of store selection. We're kind of stuck with what we can get. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they don't carry it, then we're out of luck. Um, and so, because the, the issue I have is I've pre-ordered from Amazon before and I've gotten it maybe a week later or so forth. And I'm not a fan of that. Like, when it's out, I want to be able to get it. So I prefer to go in-store and, oh, it's release day. It should be on shelf. And Pirate's Price still is not on shelf. Queen yeah. Shadow is still not on shelf. Yeah, I had to go to our second-hand bookstore to find Queen Shadow. Yeah, it's like, what the heck? So, yeah. yeah, if you're waiting on your copy of the Obi-Wan and Anakin Adventures, we're with you. We're, yeah. we're, it's going to be a little while, but I don't doubt that Kevin did a good job. It, these are a lot of fun. If you grew up doing Choose Your Own uh, Adventure is the, mm-hmm. the um, brand, but um, yeah. yeah, lots of fun. My favorite one was the Goosebumps one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never did Goosebumps. I did like um, the Supernatural or, or the uh, Wizarding ones. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, these are these are young reader, but they're they're really fun because, I mean, you're meant to have fun. It's not meant to be like you're doing anything. Bi- like you can kill Anakin. See? I've already seen people post on Twitter they've killed Anakin in their story. <laughs> like it's like okay, well there there goes the chosen one. Actually, that's probably for everybody's good. Let's be probably. honest. Probably a lot more Jedi. So eh, maybe not if you want to have good. fun with it, these yeah. are great. These are awesome. Um, and not in the notes snooze. Oh. Uh, I thought of something else that I'm excited for for Galaxy's Edge. Oh, okay. This smells. Mmm. <laughs> um, we just got a couple of candles from the Magic Candle Company. Uh, we got Pirate's Life, which is supposed to smell like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. It does a pretty good job. It mostly smells like the ocean. And we got Caribbean Resort, because that is my favorite smelling resort on she the She smelled property. all of them. <laughs> I've smelled two. Yep, she walked right up to the mouse and was like... I want to smell your resorts. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to sample your resorts. But yeah, the second we watched, walked into the Caribbean resort, I was like, this smells incredible. It's really nice, yeah. Yeah. And it smells really great. It is It is going to be interesting, because you don't think about that. Yeah. You don't think about the sensory things that are going to be going on. Like, you're going to be s- smelling Star Wars. You're going to be tasting Star Wars. Like, yeah. Like, it, it's... Not just that you're meeting characters or anything like that. Like, it's going to be a full mm-hmm. world. That's yeah. that, It's crazy. Most of what Hollywood Studios smells like is, like... Hollywood Studios. Popcorn <laughs> and butter and, like... And gun smoke from the shows. Yeah. And the, and the fire. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, like, I, I think, like, Star Tours just smells, like, metallic. Yeah, it's very clean. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, um... There, uh, Hollywood Studios is in a world. Yeah. You know, there's nothing specific going on there um, that yeah. gives you a sense of um, you're in <clears throat> a separate place. Only one I would yeah. say is probably Tower of Terror. But just that just smells like old building. Yeah. And it's not like... Not in know, a bad way. Yeah. Walking down Main Street where you've got the, the sanitizers. I don't even know what they're called. Mm-hmm. Coming out of Main Street Bakery. 
Yeah. And it, if everything smells sweet and delicious and well, yeah, so it, yummy. <laughs> it smells like what's going on there. Yeah. It doesn't smell like anything different. Um, Magic Kingdom versus, um, well, versus like um, Adventureland, where yeah. it smells like you're in mountains or you're like in the the out west. Yeah. Um, you've got um, you know Pirates of the Caribbean, where you mm-hmm. smell the gun smoke, you smell the water, like it makes you feel like you're there, <clears throat> um, and and more. So like, S- Galaxy's Edge is going to be different because it it's based on like oh this is yeah Star Wars this is its own world. So it's yeah. gonna have it should have a smell. Mm-hmm. It should have it should smell. Oh, what's that? Is that fried minoc or you know? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Like we're probably <laughs> gonna smell like roasting meat and like. Oh yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I yeah. I really want to smell Spices. the cantina. Oh, cantina is gonna be interesting. Cantina is gonna smell like <laughs> uh, like blaster fire. It's gonna smell like blue milk <laughs> and spilled alcohol. Probably. That's what the canteen is going to smell And that's just from the guests. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, anyway. Guys, we're going to Star Wars Celebration next we month. We are. 20 days. 20 days. I think 20 days. I think yesterday I checked it was 21. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We're counting down Star Wars Celebration. We just got I can't our t-shirts it. and our pins in. Um, our badges are coming tomorrow. Yep. So, we have a little bit more info about official panels. Uh, we know that we will be getting Rebels Remembered panel. I will not be going to that one because I have not seen Rebels. <laughs> Clone Wars Returns panel with a look at what's coming. Um, a Resistance panel with a glimpse ahead. A panel about what goes on in Galaxy's Edge. Uh, a panel discussing Jedi Fallen Order with a first look. Excited about that one. Mm-hmm. A panel with a peek at Vader Immortal, the VR game coming soon. Excited about that one. Yeah, that was the most recent. Yeah, I'm willing to put aside my whole, you know, equilibrium gets shifted <laughs> thing to play Vader in VR. Well, <clears throat> oh yeah, when it comes out. I, yeah. I think I think this is mostly going to be more of a look at... I think we're going to get a bigger trailer. Yeah. All we did was get Vader walking out, kind of acknowledging you. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to get a bit bigger of a trailer, and we may get some behind-the-scenes details. I don't think we're going to get yeah. hands-on yet. I mean, we could. Uh, they said it's supposed <clears throat> to come out this fall, so maybe, but I really doubt it. Yeah. Can I just say again how good <clears throat> that candle smells? Yeah, sure. Because it's lovely. You, you can say whatever you want to say, as long as it's the new. <clears throat> yeah. And <laughs> uh, 20th anniversary panel for the Phantom Menace, and of course, an episode 9 panel. Yeah. It's been 20 years. Ooh boy, that's yes, it crazy. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, I mean, it's crazy to think that you know we're a part of the generation where Star Wars came back that are now the older. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, we we're in a place where original trilogy fans were like, "Oh, Star Wars is coming back. Cool, I guess." Mm-hmm. You know, now I'm not saying that's our attitude specifically, but you know, we we're, we're the fans that saw the return of Star Wars, mm-hmm. and then the end of Star Wars, and now it's coming back while we're adults, and it's just like, oh, okay, yeah. interesting. I, I say all the time, we're living in a golden age of Star Wars, guys. We oh, really yeah. need to I, appreciate it. Yeah, I'm not complaining. I, I just mean, like, to think that people our age are now uh, people who are like, you know, I grew up with Star Wars, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's just like... It's yeah. it's like the Force, guys. Star Wars does not belong to 
any one generation mm-hmm. or any particular group of people. That's that's yeah. vanity, uh, if we believe that. So. Yeah. I got asked uh, not too long ago by one of our kids, what do you know about Star Wars? One of our kids? Uh, well, <laughs> we teach many classes of youths, so I consider them our kids. Yes. Yeah. I just had to clarify. We, d- we yeah. don't have kids that we're keeping in the basement not telling you guys about. Yeah. I promise. But yeah, like, it was fun to be like, well. <laughs> right. I know quite a bit. Oh my gosh. Well, it was funny because uh, there was one day um, that I was talking to I was talking to one little girl about Star Wars. She was talking about Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. And then this other little girl just, like, whipped her head around. And she was like, but what about Rey? And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. It was so funny. It's so adorable. <laughs> uh, I just, you know, it's... I think we get... Oh, we get a lot of positivity about new Star Wars because we get to talk to these kids about it yeah, on a regular basis. And they are all so excited. And they love everything. You know, they yeah. don't know the loneliness of hate yet. Yeah. They don't know the the sadness of thinking yeah. that one particular part of Star Wars is better. They've never been on Twitter. <laughs> they just know that Star Wars is awesome and they love talking about it. And yeah. so I think that keeps us fresh and positive because how can we hate anything when this, you know, little seven-year-old girl is just like, I want my hair to look just like Ray's. And it's just like, oh my gosh. I want to do your hair like <laughs> Right. Ray's. It's like, I can't hate Ray. Like, and I'm not, I love Ray. Yeah. I don't need the kids to like Star Wars, but it helps to keep it in perspective of like, even if I don't particularly like something, I guarantee I'm going to come on yeah. a Wednesday or a Sunday and the kid's going to be like, oh my gosh, did you see this? This was awesome. And I'm like, yeah, it was actually pretty awesome. Yeah. I, I, I changed my mind. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing, guys. If a child hands you a fake phone, you answer it. If a child wants <laughs> you to talk about Star Wars, talk to them about Star Wars and don't put your butt adult opinion into the mix because... It's it's not about that. Right. Well, it's the same thing of, like, we, you know, um, you know, I had a friend who did that to a kid with Transformers. Like, yeah. kid was talking about how much he loved the new movie. It just came out in 2007, Michael Bay's first live-action movie, which wow. I, do, I do love, by the way. Yeah, 12 years ago. Jeez. Um, and this kid was like, oh, my gosh, I love that one thing when Optimus Prime did that with Bone Crusher and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he was like, oh, that's not Bone Crusher. That's not, you don't know what Bone Crusher is. He's part of the Constructicons and blah, blah, I'm If like, you do that to a child, wow. you're a jerk. Right. Just I, FYI. It's like, seriously, this is this kid's first time with Transformers. Like, exactly. Let him love what he loves. Um, yeah. so don't, ever, don't ever be that fan. But definitely, yeah, um... Lots to love about Star Wars, and all the panels coming out about Star Wars are reminding me that. And that's just official panels. There's tons of fan panels and all kinds of other things happening. Yeah. There's also some other behind-the-scenes things happening that we didn't mention. So, um, yeah, lots to love. Star Wars Celebration is going to be amazing. If you haven't already, let us know if you're going. Uh, yeah. If you're in the herd and you are going, we want to meet you. We have some goodies to hand out. Yes, As everyone do. does, of course, but yeah. yeah, we're not original. We stole people's ideas. <laughs> we made buttons and pins and stickers, and you're going to yeah. get them, and you're going to love them. The stickers are great. <laughs> yeah. Like. So um, let us know if you're coming. We want to make sure we have plenty of stuff to, to give out yeah. and, and whatnot. If we run out of uh, merch, though, we'll give you high fives. Yeah, and we're going to be bringing lots of board games and mm-hmm. fun stuff like that, so we want to play with you guys. Yeah, if you're in the herd, yeah, Come we'll be doing... play with us. We're not going to pretend we have a 
I mean, we love you guys. We love everybody we have, but I, I know not everybody um, in our audience is going to celebration, so I don't yeah. expect that we're going to have 20 fans uh, just come run up to us or anything like that. We're not we're not Steel Wars. We don't have 20 fans. <laughs> um, but if you are going one, two, however many, I mean, the thing is we, we don't have the biggest measure of how many people are in our audience. We just see the general amount of downloads that our podcast gets. Yeah. Um, but... All that to say, if you're there, we want to hang out with you, we want to meet you, we want to say thank you, and we want to uh, spend some time hanging out and, and just being a part of the herd. Mm -hmm. So uh, let us know on the social medias, and we'll be uh, glad to figure out when we can make that all happen. All right, well, I think that's the news, and a lot of side trails and yeah. extra conversation, <laughs> uh, as, as you come to expect. There's a, um, there's a transmission coming. Yes, it's we're going to clan. we're going to get into the banking clan, and then we'll get into our show. Hey guys, so Amazon, it's awesome. I know it, you know it. So, what on Amazon can you enjoy today, with the help of your nerd herder friends? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, microphone. So, uh, of course, Amazon Prime is out there for only the most dedicated and committed uh, online shoppers. If you uh, shop online on a regular basis, uh, if you're tired of taking weeks to get your items or having to pay uh, ridiculous shipping costs, then just join Amazon Prime. You can get um, some awesome deals on two-day shipping, free shipping, all kinds of other things. You get various discounts and prime rewards. Uh, and if you're just not sure if it's right for you, you can take a 30-day trial to figure it out. Um, there's a link in the description for that. Also, if you like books, but you never find the time to uh, read all the books that you have, if you're like us and Star Wars is releasing a book every month and it's on top of all the other things that you read for your own personal benefit, well, the way that you can get through more books quicker uh, is to listen to the books. Not by putting the book to your ear, but by getting Audible. You can join Audible for a free trial. Uh, Audible's awesome because uh, you, there's a library of thousands of audiobooks, Star Wars and otherwise, and what normally could take days to get through can take you only a matter of hours because we all listen more than we read, so you can listen to your book while you're grocery shopping, while you're driving to work, while you're at work, all kinds of things. And the cool thing is, every month you get a credit for one free book. So, even if you only do one book a month, you get it free thanks to Audible. If you want to do more, you're more than welcome to do that as well. But, with all the awesome Star Wars books already out and coming out soon, if you want to uh, get a head start on your reading um, by listening, then uh, check out Audible. There's a free trial link in the description. Also, kind of to do with our topic, um, since we're talking about the Force and particularly a little bit more about Jedi and such, um, we've recommended it before, but I thought I'd recommend again Star Wars, The Path of the Jedi, or uh, excuse me, The Jedi Path. It's a really cool book. It's kind of written in a journal perspective from Jedi uh, to understand what is a Jedi, what do they do, what do they believe, all that other stuff. And so if today's episode gets you more interested in understanding that, you can pick up the book. It's only about 15 bucks on Amazon, uh, and I do believe it qualifies for Prime. So check it out uh, so that you can be a big dork and geek and impress your friends with all your Jedi knowledge. Also, because it's coming out soon, we're putting a link in the description for a pre-order of Master 
an apprentice. It's only about three or four weeks until it releases, so don't let that one slip you by. If you're not going to get it on Audible, get it on physical copy with the link in the description. Alright guys, that's all I got from Amazon today, but we'll be back. And we're back! Uh, welcome to uh, Nightlife with Batman. I'm just kidding. Where are they? I don't, I don't have enough throat lozenges to, to do the Batman voice for, uh, for an hour. Yeah. Uh, so instead, we'll talk about the Force. You know who, I get, who people keep like fan casting as Batman? Who? Sam Witwer. Yes. Really? Yeah. I'm people like are a, doing that? I'm behind that. An animated Batman. Oh, and he, no. No, put yeah. that man on screen. Yeah, I want to see Sam Witwer in a live-action Star Wars Put the movie. cowl on that chiseled man. Right now. <laughs> He looks like he walked out of a block of marble. <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. can be his Robin because they're already <laughs> bros. <laughs> I want to see Freddie Prince in tights. I want in to tights. see a 34-year-old or a 43-year-old man wearing Yeah, tights. I was going to say, he's not yeah, 34. Yeah, he's, he's 40. Um, um, yes, that 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 is, I'm, I'm putting that on Twitter. That is my fan cast for the day. Um, thank you. Good night. I'm done. Hey, John. Did you know that Luke became a jockey for a little while? No. What's a jockey? A jockey. A disc know? jockey? No. Oh. Like a Kentucky Derby jockey. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I'm ignorant. Wow. Obi-Wan came to him in a vision and said, use the horse, Luke. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's terrible. It is terrible. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I didn't know what a jockey was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a joke. He's, uh, he's, too, he, he's a little tall for a jockey, though. He's a little short for a stormtrooper, though. Yeah, he's, he's got, he can't do anything. Poor yeah. guy. He's just, he's not tall enough for anything, too, too, too short for anything. Just... Welcome to my life. <laughs> uh, okay, so, that out of the way. Um, so yes, so, just a reminder, since it's been so long since our weird intro, so, we're talking about things that inspired Star Wars elements, particularly uh-huh. in this episode, The Force, and that has a lot to do with discussing Taoism, or Taoism, it, it, it's... Here's the thing. From what I can tell, it goes both ways depending on how you say it. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to say Taoism most of the time. I'm also probably m- going to mispronounce a couple of things. Um, be patient with me. I tried to do my best research to, to be able to present this as well as I can, but I'm also I'm not perfect, so if I mispronounce something, just let me know, but don't yell at me, please. I'll yell so. at them for you. Don't worry. Exactly. So, um, But to begin, though, Megan. Yar. Uh, so, in your words, what what is your ex? Uh, if I asked you what is the force, what would be your explanation or response? It is the life force that moves through all things. Okay. Yes. It's in the tr- it's in the trees. It's in the grass. It's in the sand. <laughs> Not the sand. The sand. Um, I mean, yeah, okay. Yeah. Short and sweet. There you yeah. go. I mean, I can always count on you to be short and sweet. I'm the one that, like, pulls out a thesis. Is that a height joke? <laughs> no. I'm, I'm five, I mean, four. <laughs> like, I always, I always ask you things, and I expect, like, a lengthy answer, and, and usually okay. you're concise with it. Do you want me to go into the full? <laughs> well, just to you, what is the force? Not like not in your opinion, but yes. you're, you're, you've seen everything, mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, after all that, <clears throat> what is the force? I've not seen everything. Um, mostly. Mostly. Um, 
the force is an energy. Like, some religions believe in chakra, some religions believe in, you know, other forces of life that control the way of the world. The force is energy that moves through all things. It is... It has the ability to be manipulated, but at the end of the day, it manipulates us. Mm. There you go. I like that. You're welcome. That's pretty good. I think that's part of what we're going to get into, because uh, what's going to be interesting is the ideas of, you know, we see the Jedi and the Sith, we see Force users yeah. use the Force. And so, the force. when we understand more about the Force through some of its inspirations, it gets more interesting, uh, like, is that really what it's meant for is, mm -hmm. is there what's the point of you know like it's gonna I, I think that's what's really yeah. interesting about it because yeah I think there's this perspective of oh I can I have a strong connection with this energy mm -hmm. I can use that and I'm going to use that but I'm gonna decide that I use it for this because it and that makes it good yeah you know and here's the thing is we don't know everything about the force no the Jedi, the Sith, no one knows everything about the Force. And that's because they were not meant to. In my opinion, there's, you know, infinite wisdom, there's infinite philosophy, there's infinite all this stuff that we could never understand. And that can either make you feel small and insignificant, or you could find peace in that. That you'll never know everything. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, to me, that's pretty. That's a pretty comforting statement, because like I don't have to know everything. I don't have to understand everything. It's okay for some things for me to be ignorant about. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it needs to be an excuse. No. A, you know, I'm not going to know yeah. everything, so why know anything? Yeah. You know, I think that you should you should journey your path. But you have to just keep yourself grounded in the sense that you're not, you know, you're, you're not everything. It's not all about you. You're mm -hmm. not going to be the one guy that figures everything out. Um, mm -hmm. And even if you figure out some things, that still doesn't mean you're going to figure out everything. Yeah. You know, because I think we get disappointed with ourselves when it's like, I should be better. I should know more. I should be smarter, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, I mean, yeah. who told you that, though? Exactly. You know. The only person... Who's telling you that is you. Yeah. And I definitely think... no. This episode is not meant to be like, Oh, we cracked it. We we know the Force. Yeah. You know, and none of these episodes are. Uh, because at the end of the day, the Force is still an enemy. It's still a mystery. It's an enigma. Yes. Enigma. I can't say an... Before yeah. I say enigma, apparently. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> um, it happens. So, uh, but it's it's still a mystery um, to us as fans. Yeah. It's still a mystery to characters in the story, and it's always meant to be that way. Yeah. Um, I, And at the end of the day, we can always pull the card of, well, that's your understanding from a point of view. Yes. You know, because <clears throat> that's really the... Um, that's really the point to the Sith and the Jedi that Luke makes in The Last Jedi is that the Jedi knew some things, the Sith knew some things, but the Force doesn't belong to just them. 
-hmm. You know, it's not just theirs, and understanding it is not just their job. There's so much more. And so, even though, well, yeah, the Jedi were pretty smart with the Force, so were the Sith, but even then, they only knew what they knew. Yeah. And so, it's this idea that there's still more to the Force than even the Jedi could have ever um, known. Yeah, and that's that's kind of a comfort to me when talking about Star Wars in general. Mm-hmm. I don't know everything about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think this podcast is a testament to that. <laughs> there are things about Star Wars that I don't know. Like, I haven't experienced years and years of Legends. Mm-hmm. Like, I came to know Star Wars, like, comparatively very recently. Yeah, I mean, more than the movies. I mean, yeah. out, other than seeing the movies. Yeah, I, I mean, grew that, up watching the movies, but... That's, uh, I mean, it's probably the past eight, uh, one, no, six years, really. Yeah, that's I mean, how long we've been together. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I mean, really, that's kind of when it got deeper. Yeah. You know, um... How deep is but it I think that's, I mean, we've said before, that's, that's, that's why our podcast is interesting, and that's yeah. part of the podcast, is that a lot of this is conversations because it's new to you and everything mm-hmm. like that. Um... But yeah, I mean, even even though I've grown up with it my entire life, I still don't know everything. I mean, yeah. I know that I know a lot, but I also know that I don't know everything. Yeah. Especially when it comes to Legends, because I wasn't as into it. Um, yeah. I liked what I liked, and that was it. I didn't read everything or, you know, um, get into everything just because that was all that existed. Yeah. I, I was still very picky. Um, yeah. Because it was one of those things where it's like, I just liked the original trilogy, and... Some of the other stuff was just too weird for me, so I was just like, uh, no. I'm going mm-hmm. to read this book, I'm going to read this comic, and I'm going to watch the movies. Yes, I'm and then, you know, and then the prequels come around, and it's like, okay, I'm into this now. Yeah. And, and really, most of the legends I loved and was sad to lose are more tied to the prequels than the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a whole other conversation. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, we're not trying to make sure that by the end of this podcast we're not promising that you'll know and understand the force better or or perfectly i do think we can understand the force better based on understanding what went into inspiring yeah and what george lucas intended with this stuff so with that some behind the scenes stuff before we get into talking about taoism um some behind the scenes inspiration for the force and we might revisit this as we talk about the force more um, in other episodes as well, so hopefully you don't get tired of hearing it. But Lucas used the term the Force to echo uh, its use by cinematographer Roman Kreuter in 2187, a film in 1963, in which Kreuter says, Many people feel that in the conception of nature and in communication with other living things, they become aware of some kind of force or something behind this apparent mask which we see in front of us and they call it God. So basically, this cinematographer addressed universalism in the sense that Mm -hmm. everybody kind of sees there's some kind of thing that gives order to life or meaning to life, and some people call it God. That's essentially what universalism is, is that there's there's many roads that lead to um, one particular belief system in the one or something like that so it's like you believe um in islam i believe in christianity you you know we we actually end up believing in the same thing because it all leads to the same thing um 
I don't I don't believe in that, but um, that's kind of it is kind of you see that in the Force. Mm-hmm. I think especially with Rogue One and um, The Force Awakens, we've started to explore some religious groups that are in touch with or aware of the Force or worship the Force, and they're not Jedi, and they're not Sith, and they're definitely very different than what we've seen. Yeah. And I think that's really cool because, you know, we had started to think that only the Jedi and only the Sith know about the Force, believe in the Force, use the Force... And in reality, so many more, you know, there's the Churches of the Force, there's the Guardians of the Wills, there's so many others out there with connections to the Force. And so the Force is kind of the one thing, and in Star Wars, there's multiple paths to that, Mm -hmm. you know, to that understanding. Yeah, it's like uh, Chirrut in Rogue One. Yeah. He is, I, I would say, one of the most faithful Force users that we've seen, and we never see him pull out a lightsaber. Yeah. We never see him, you know, do anything like that. And I'm, and I'm going to bring up Chirrut later, mm-hmm. definitely. You better. That's um, my boy. So George Lucas uh, rejected the idea that his films were profoundly religious uh, and said that he saw his films as taking all the issues that religion represents and trying to distill them down into a more modern and easily accessible construct and, followed up, and he followed up by saying, I put the force into the movie in order to try and awaken a certain kind of spirituality in young people. More a belief in God than a belief in any particular religious system. I wanted to make it so that young people would begin to ask questions about the mystery. Um, so, George Lucas had a point to the Force. He wanted it to be what inspired people, particularly in his instance, young people, um, to ask questions. Mm. Where did I come from? What's my purpose? Why does this thing called earth exist and you know ask those big philosophical questions um by being inspired by the force and i think that's really cool um and i think that's interesting to keep in mind whenever you talk about the force is as much as we try to understand the force which is fictional um you know i think that we it should lead us to ask questions of ourselves in reality Mm mm-hmm those big questions of why, what, who, how, you know, I think if we're not asking ourselves those questions, then I think we're missing a big part of um, experiencing and understanding life. This is my point of, point of view. Yeah. Producer Gary Kurtz, rest in peace, um, who studied comparative religion in college, had long discussions with Lucas about religion and philosophy throughout the writing process. Kurtz told Lucas he was very unhappy with the drafts in which the Force was connected with the Kyber Crystal, and he was also dissatisfied with the early Ashla and Bogon uh, concept. So originally that was Ashla, Jedi, Bogon, uh, Sith. Yeah. Those were the original concepts for that before it became Jedi Bindu, which then became Jedi. Um, And so, first of all, this is a great reminder. If anybody ever thought that Gary Kurtz was just a guy that worked on you know, that one movie and said some cool things and kind of helped with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. He was a big piece of making Star Wars. Uh, and that's what makes it all the more sad that we um, lost him recently. Um, yeah. But it goes to show Star Wars doesn't belong to just Lucas either. Mm-hmm. You know, we we attribute what Star Wars is now to so many people. Yeah. So Lucas believed uh, that 
a character's intentions when using the Force, their will to be selfless or selfish, was what distinguished the light and the dark sides. And so it's all about where do you fall? What's your intentions? How do you use it? Are you selfless or selfish? Uh, and that, that becomes the really cool moral question in Revenge of the Sith when, you know, An um, he, uh, Palpatine and Anakin are sitting in the opera house and talking, and, um, you know, uh, Anakin says, like, you know, a Jedi uses the Force selflessly, whereas Sith use it selfishly. Mm -hmm. And he's, li he's like, uh, that's from a certain point of view. Because uh, even the Jedi can be a little selfish, don't you think? Um, and he talks about, you know, even, um, even all those who gain power are eventually scared to lose it. So I think that's a big perspective from Lucas um, there, where he's kind of very upfront through the script and through the characters telling us, like, you know, all of us have power, the power of life, mm -hmm. and we wield it either selflessly or selfishly. You know, Lucas was a big speaker and inspirer of, hey, each of us can be a hero or we can be a villain. It depends on our choices. And I think that's what he was trying to communicate with the Force as well, is that, you know, we all have power, but it's about how you use it. Mm -hmm. um, and so... Really, the idea of light and dark come down to more who the characters are than who the Force is. Mm. In the sense of, it's only dark because that's how you choose to wield it. Or it's yeah. only light because that's how you choose to wield it. Which is really interesting. Yeah, I mean, look at the Night Sisters. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that they use the dark side of the Force. I wouldn't say that they are using the lights of the Force either. I think they're just using the Force. Yeah, I mean, they're clear... Now, I, I would say they're using... I, it's on it's on the fringe of dark side, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Um, only because they're manipulating life. I do feel like that's a very selfish thing, and I think that's why only Sith believe they can do it, or maybe yeah. have done it. Because it's a very selfish thing to think that I can control life. Mm -hmm. I can create life, and I can take life. He had the power to create, create life. life. <laughs> uh, says the father to the son. Anyway, oh. Um, <laughs> oh, we're not getting into that. We're not getting into that. Vader number 25. But, um, I, I, so I do think it's a very selfish thing. Yeah. You know, because, you know, spoiler alert, the Night Sisters have control of zombies. I feel like that's Sick. a selfish thing of, like, so you're not going to let your sisters die. They're mm -hmm. eternally bound to your service uh, as, you know, the witch mother. Mm -hmm. um, and they just have to live at your beck and call or go and sleep for, you know, it's just... Uh. So, now, I don't think they're necessarily doing a lot of the same dark side things that Sith would necessarily be doing. Yeah. But I do think it's a twisting of it. But... At the end of the day, it is all about your intentions. What are you going to use your power for, basically? Mm -hmm. And I think, like I said, that's the big moral question for us in reality. Mm -hmm. We're talking about fiction. We're, you know, this entire podcast is dedicated to talking about the fiction of Star Wars and everything. Yeah. Loving it, appreciating it, understanding it, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, it's all fake. 
the reality, though, is we all do have power. If you don't think you have power, say something nice to someone and see how they react. Or say something mean to someone and see how they react. That's power. And we should all be responsible and uh, selfless with our power. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you know, the power that we wield, everyone else wields. And if we want others to wield it responsibly, we should as well. It's like standing on the street corner and saying, hey, stop treating people terribly, and then you go home and treat your wife terribly. It's like, how can you preach what you don't practice? Mm -hmm. And so if we want other people to treat us and others well and nice and wholesome, then shouldn't we do the same thing? Exactly. And so be responsible with your power is, I think, the, the re real uh, moral of the day. Yeah. Um, all wrapped up in this nugget of fictional religion. Mm -hmm. So. Hi, we Piglet. Know. Hi, yeah. Piglet. She's reminding you of the golden rule. Yes, which yes. is? Treat others the way you want to be treated. And by the way, that's not just like a school thing. That's a Sunday school thing. Like, I found that out at a young age. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, it's actually um, a thing in most religions. Most religions teach this idea of treating others the way you want to be treated. Yeah. Or treating others the way you should be treated, blah, blah, blah. So. Yeah. I mean, uh somewhere in Matthew um, yeah. uh, Jesus says you know the two greatest commandments are love God and love others mm -hmm. yeah and 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 there's no there's no asterisks on that of who yeah you know there's, there's no specification it's everyone exactly and um, a lot of people forget that yeah and whether you believe in Jesus stuff or not, at the end of the day, we should all be able to agree that we want to be treated nice, so we should treat others nice. Exactly. I mean, I, I think sometimes we get so firm in our stance against things that we don't realize, we don't communicate what we're for. You know, people are aware of what you're against, but how many people know what you stand for? Yes. And I don't think that's what life and perspective is meant to be. I think people should know what we stand for. Um... And if they know what we stand for, then they'll know what we stand against. If they know we stand for love for everyone, then they, we, they know we'll stand against the mistreatment and mis, uh, the injustice of other, uh, and oppression of others, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So anyway, um, big moral conversations today, apparently. Yes. Well, so we're talking about religion. <laughs> yeah. So let so let's talk about that religious inspirations of the force. So this is just talking about the force. In general, the force itself a little bit. So, in the ancient Chinese religion, Taoism, the Tao is a universal life force that flows around and within all things and is translated literally as the way. Mm -hmm. It denotes the principle that is the source, pattern, and substance of everything that exists. Quoted as, it is at once the beginning of all things and the way in which all things pursue their course. And I find that interesting because yeah. um, the early disciples of Jesus, when founding the church, mm -hmm. um, they weren't called Christians. They didn't believe in Christianity. Um, they were practicers of the way. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just an interesting little connection. And, and it's those interesting things you see when you start to study religion in general. Mm -hmm. You start to see the patterns um, that we have. 
So, but let's compare that to a quote from Obi-Wan in A New Hope. The Force is what gives a Jedi his power. It's an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us, it penetrates us, it binds the galaxy together. Not a good enough reason to use the word penetrate. <laughs> well, it's, it means it's just... It's, it's in us. It's within us, yeah. yeah. It's, it's much deeper than on surface level. And so, Still. it's a very similar idea that the Force is the source of all life and energy um, for you and everything. Okay, Dr. Seuss. <laughs> and so, um, really interesting. So, the Tau is the universal energy. As, uh, and a large part of Taoism is also our individual energies and life force. Key is our life force, the flow of our energy. And in Taoism, various practitioners uh, now known as Taoist Qigong are claimed to provide a way to achieve longevity and spiritual enlightenment, as well as a closer connection with the natural world. And so but these practitioners of, you know, they, they've mastered the ability to control their key uh, and to use their key in such a way that their life is more full. Now, you don't get it from the pronunciation of Qi, qi, qi Gong, or, or it's also pronounced Qi Chong, um, but it is spelled Q-I-G-O-N-G. Mm-hmm. Sounds familiar. Kind of like Qui-Gon. Yeah. So, this is one of those things I said. Like, if that's not an inspiration for some things, <laughs> that's a big coincidence. Yeah. Um, especially since Qui-Gon seemed to be, from the little we know of him, seemed to be a bigger practitioner of what the Force was meant to be. Mm-hmm. In the sense that he didn't think of it as making him a strong warrior or anything. It, it He yeah. treated it as a way of having a connection with the greater galaxy, and being able to use it to uh, instill peace on others, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's really interesting, um, that connection there. Yeah. And I'm still convinced that he only did the whole things with the midichlorians to convince the Jedi Council. So I think we're going to end up having an episode where we talk about the science of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because I think that's really interesting. What I'll say is what has always been my perspective of it. In that I think, in the same way that, now, if you go back in history, um, the earliest examples that we have of understanding ourselves in the greater go- the greater picture mm-hmm. is always religious, spiritual. It, you know, it's always based on energy, spirits, some sort of religion, God or gods or something, you know. And that slowly evolved into being much more scientific of, well, really, it's less spiritual. It's more, you know, um, cellular. It's much more scientific than that. It was an evolution. And, and, and so we started to explain things with science. Here's the thing. I believe both are right. Because I, if, if I understand anything about my spirituality, I understand that science um, is all the more example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, all the more example of some, you know, great architect creating me and the universe and everything. Yeah. And I think science is the means of that uh, creation. Mm-hmm. I think with the Jedi, the midichlorian stuff, is that same example of it went from spiritual to scientific. 
they used to believe that it was just about a spiritual connection to the Force, and I think eventually they started to say, well, we need a way to really measure this. We need a way to really know if they're connected to the Force. I think, I think science can explain that. And if we do believe that the Force is just something in all living things, then really it the midichlorian thing doesn't isn't that far off in the sense that well yeah it should be in all of us mm -hmm. but a specific concentration of cell i don't think midichlorians are specific cells i like mm -hmm. i don't think it's special organisms that only live in certain people because again that sounds like that jedi talk of oh the force is ours the yeah. force belongs to a certain group of people no the force is in everybody mm -hmm. i don't think cheer has high concentration of midichlorians. I don't think Ray has high concentration of midichlorians. I think that they just found a way to say, okay, the Force re reacts with the biology of a person this way. Yeah. So that means they're connected to the Force. It's like the blood test in the thing. Yeah, kind of, in the sense that our biology reacts to the Force. Yeah. And the more your biology reacts, the more powerful you should be. Yeah. Eh, from a, I guess, you know... I don't think it's, I don't think, in my headcanon, I don't think it's that literal. Yeah. I don't treat it as that literal. I treat it as an example of the Jedi being clinical and scientific when they're supposed to be spiritual. Yeah. You know? By the way, The Thing is one of the best horror movies in the world. Fight me. <laughs> so, like I said, maybe we'll have an episode where we dive more into the science of Star Wars and that kind of stuff um, yeah. at some point. But that's just my perspective. Maybe we'll have an episode where we dive into the thing. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe. So, um, how, now the ethics and practice. Um, so, that's, so the, the general understanding is, you know, you have the Tao, which is the universal power. You have your key, which is your individual power. So, that sounds already like a lot of the Force. Yeah. You know, there's the Force. Uh, what? Oh, man. There's, like, the cosmic Force. So there's like the force that is grand and big and in control of everything, and then there's the individual force that's within each living being. So that already sounds a lot like the Tao. Yeah. So, but what about the ethics and practice? As far as what do they teach, what do they believe, what do they think, that <clears throat> kind of stuff. This is where it gets really interesting. So Taoist ethics vary depending on the particular school, but in general tend to emphasize various themes of naturalness, spontaneity, simplicity, detachment from desires, and most important of all, Wu Wei. In some cases, it teaches the importance of the three treasures as well, but that's usually in Buddhist Taoism. Um, so, Spoiler alert, the treasure was friendship the whole time. <laughs> there you go. So Wu Wei describes a state of non-action or alienating your own... Or, sorry, not alienating. Aligning your own will so closely with the Tao that you can act without truly acting one who is still and passive in the face of life in order to see how you can best align yourself with the flow of the universe. Hmm. So let's compare that with a line from Luke uh, to Yoda in Empire Strikes Back. Luke asks, how will I know the good from the bad? And Yoda says, you will know when you are calm, at peace, passive. A Jedi uses the Force for knowledge and defense, never for attack. Yeah. I mean, a few Jedi cut some hands off and such, but... They do like to do that. Yeah, it's getting technical. Um, so, Yoda's telling him, like, you know, a Jedi is peaceful and passive. That's how you will know 
that you are right, that you are close to the force. When you're agitated, when you're anxious, when you're angry, those are the things that separate you from the force. And it's very similar to the concept of Wu Wei in the sense of being just so close with the Tao, with the universal energy, that you yourself are able to uh, control yourself in such a way that the situations around you, the environments around you, all, all that stuff doesn't affect you. It doesn't stop you. Um, you're able to do... Uh, you're able to live uh, and be um, at peace regardless of the situation kind of stuff. So Wu Wei is simply this act of peacefulness, stillness. You know, you're... you're you, or, or let's go back into the sense of, you know, Yoda training Luke. He talks about control. You have to control your emotions. You have to, you know, be at peace. Um, when you don't concentrate, when you're agitated, that takes you away. It's the same concept with Wu Wei in the sense that if you're close with the Tao, then this kind of stuff won't shake you. You can concentrate. You can be at peace. You can be still, mm -hmm. you know. And so, uh, very interesting. Moving on, though, so naturalness. Another one of the things that their ethics teach describes one who has come to identify closely with the Tao and frees oneself from selfishness and desire and appreciates simplicity. Hmm. And so this is very similar to, you know, uh, of course, Yoda is speaking in a very particular sense in this scene, but he says, you know, you have to train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose. It's this idea that you'll be at peace if you simply don't hold too tightly to things. Yeah. And so naturalness, and, and, and this isn't the first time, Jedi live very simple lives. They don't have extravagant houses or, you know, obviously not extravagant wardrobes. You know, they're very, brown. Yeah, they're very simple. And so naturalness is this idea that if you're close with the towel, then you don't need all that extra stuff. You don't want more than you need. Mm -hmm. You are simply satisfied with the simple things. Yeah. Because you find that you have everything you need. In the Tao. Um, so the Tao's three treasures, or the three jewels, or San Pao, uh, comprise the basic virtues of compassion, moderation, humility, or more literally, not daring to act as first under the heavens. Hmm. I like that. Um, uh, and I like that phrasing much better. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, for, in for instance, again, in Empire Strikes Back, Yoda says, Adventure, excitement, a Jedi craves not these things. Uh, and Anakin in Attack of the Clones says, Attachment is forbidden. Possession is forbidden. Compassion, which I would define as unconditional love, is central to a Jedi's life. Now, he's obviously using that to get in, in Padme's panties, but <laughs> he's not You're wrong not in the sense of quoting the Jedi Code in the sense that they're called to compassion. They're called, you know, we have a power that we should use to help others and bring peace to others. So we have to be compassionate. Yeah. But we have to be careful not to have attachments in our compassion. Just mowing down separatists left and right. I love you! <laughs> right, I love you so much. Um, but yeah, so it's this idea of being compassionate, being empathetic, being humble. And so all of these things kind of combined in into this idea very similar to what the Jedi represent in Star Wars in the sense of, you know, very modest. Um, they kind of 
uh, try and embody as much selflessness as they can. Mm -hmm. They try not to do too many things out of moder uh, uh, in moderation, you know, in the sense of only what you need. If you don't need it, don't do it, don't have it, all that stuff. So it's very, it's very interesting. Yeah. Any thoughts so far? Not really. I mean, I'm enjoying this. You made a face. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> the goal of Taoism is Tay, or acting in concert with the Tao. I which love Tay. <laughs> which is ultimately a similar goal of the Jedi, to act in concert with the Force. Mm-hmm. Taoism also has views and teachings tied in cosmology. Okay, so this is where it gets really interesting. So first of all, so all that other stuff is basically very similar to what we see in like a lot of the Jedi Code and a lot of the Jedi uh, teachings in the sense of, you know, be at peace, calm yourself, concentrate, be centered, then you'll, you'll be able to feel the Force, hear the Force, the Force will guide you. Don't have more than you need. Uh, don't form deep connections, you know, you don't need that sort of things, you have everything you need in the force, blah blah blah. Now we're starting to get more into the philosophy aspect. So, cosmology is basically the origins, evolution, and sustainment of the universe. It's the idea that something created and sustains and orders the universe. This is where it gets interesting because the two major concepts in Taoist cosmology are Wu Jing and Yin Yang, essentially teaching that the universe is seen as being in a constant state of recreating itself. Hmm. As everything that exists is a mere aspect of qi, you know, individual energy, which condensed becomes life and diluted is indefinite power. So basically, key is in a perpetual transformation between condensed and diluted states. Life and death. Hmm. The concept is big in Wu Jing. Wu Jing is known um, as the five phases. The phases, elements, and seasons are all aspects of key that in turn affect everything else. Whatever's happening now is because of what's happening in the five phases. Within Chinese medicine texts, the Wu Jing are also referenced to as Wu Yun, or a combination of the two characters, Wu Jing Yang, uh, and these emphasize the correspondence of the five elements with the five seasons. No, I didn't miscount. According to their calendar, there's five seasons. Explaining okay. that is, so the elements of the five phases are wood, fire, earth, metal, water. In accordance with the, yeah, very avatar, right? So in accordance with the Seasons, wood is spring, which is a period of growth. It generates abundant uh, vitality. Fire, summer, a period of swelling, flowering, brimming with fire and energy. Earth is the in-between transitional seasonal periods, or separate season, known as late summer or long summer. In the latter case, it's associated with leveling or dampening. It's about moderation um, to the energy of the previous two seasons. Metal is associated with autumn, a period of harvesting and collecting. Water is associated with winter, a period of retreat and stillness and, and storage. So really interesting, right? Okay, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. So, so basically the idea with the five phases is that everything is done out of these things. Uh -huh. Every, everything hinges on these phases or seasons um, of key. 
Um, so if you're feeling this way, if things are happening this way, it's because of the season. It's because of the phase. The Doctor of the Five Phases describes two cycles. This is where it gets really interesting. It describes two cycles. A generating or creation cycle known as Mother-Son and an overcoming or destruction cycle known as Grandfather-Grandson. Don't kill my grandfather. Or we could call this Anakin and Ben. Ah. ah. This... This is one I do believe has been a big coincidence, mm-hmm. but I could be I could be wrong. These guys could be so smart in their research that they actually discovered this and were like, "Oh my gosh, we're going to do that." I just find it really interesting that grandfather and grandson are associated with destruction, deconstruction, mm-hmm. death. What's most associated with Anakin and Ben Solo? Destruction, death, the undoing of the Jedi, the undoing of the Republic. There's a lot of death associated with them. Mm-hmm. Could it be that that's because of the phases of the Force? Maybe there's there's seasons of the Force, and this is the deconstruction. This is the death period. Kind of interesting to think about. Yeah. I mean, we see from the Last Jedi dialogue that they're, they emphasize the idea that the Force is in life and in death. Mm-hmm. You can't have one without the other. And so it could be that there's some similarities in the Force and the Tao in that there's periods of life, and there's periods of death. You know, uh, Yoda talks about mourn not for those who uh, go on to be one with the Force. You know, mourn them do not, miss them do not. We should celebrate that sort of thing. It's part of the Force. It's part of the cycle. And we see that in Wu Jing. Really interesting. I just, I don't know. I got really excited when I saw that. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> that is such a coincidence. You're... Because who... Yeah. Who brought life to Vader? Luke, the son. Hmm. Who brought peace to Anakin when all else was, de- you know, falling apart around him? When everything else was so stressful, what was his one anchor? Padme. Padme, the mother. Mother, oh. son, life, grandfather, grandson, death. It's super interesting. You're such a theology nerd. Oh, I am absolutely, <laughs> and I'm not even done. So, if you thought that was interesting, next. So, these two cycles uh, could be simplified to the life and death cycles and also lend themselves to similarities with yin-yang. These two different states of ki, yin and yang, on the other hand, are embodiments of abstract entities, yin and yang. Um, And I meant to write it down in my notes. I actually didn't. But literally, yin and yang translate to, like, negative light and dark positive, so it's like this idea, even yin and yang themselves acknowledge both aspects of ki. Good, bad, light, dark, life, death. One cannot be without the other. It's this idea, I mean, if you look at the symbol of yin-yang, you can't have just white. You have white with a little bit of black. You can't have just black. You have black with a little bit of white. So it's this acknowledgement that you cannot separate them. Mm-hmm. So let, let's keep getting into that. So Yin and Yang, two complementary extremes that constantly play against and with each other and cannot exist without the other. This is big because we're going to we're going to look at the Jedi code and the Sith code and you can and and tell me if you see where they acknowledge and coexist with each other. So the Jedi code, 
There is no emotion, there is peace. There is no ignorance, there is knowledge. There is no passion, there is serenity. There is no chaos, there is harmony. There is no death, there is the force. So it, it separates itself from all things other than peace, goodness, the force. The Sith Code, peace is a lie. There is only passion. Through passion, I gain strength. Through strength, I gain power. Through power, I gain victory. And through victory, my chains are broken. The force shall free me. So, initial thoughts on the codes. Because you, you'd actually not heard of the Sith Code before. I hadn't. I hadn't read it. So what do you think the codes do to your understanding of the way they those sides view the force? It, it definitely kind of helps un make me understand more of the, the two sides of the same coin. Right. Yeah. So here, here's the interesting thing, to go back to the Lucas comment about selflessness and selfishness. The Jedi Code is entirely ingrained in selflessness. Basically, I don't have emotions, I don't have, you know, uh, peace, I don't have anxieties, I have I, I, just the Force. So it's this idea of getting rid of everything, you know, putting everything of you away so that you can have more of the Force. Whereas, with the Sith Code, it's more about using the Force to get everything you want. So it's about that selfishness. Yeah. And I think it's a really good example how both are bad. Mm -hmm. Because the idea behind the Jedi is get rid of everything of you so that you can have the Force. We see how that's not exactly healthy, that's not exactly right, that's not exactly good for you. But it's also not good for you to make your life all about serving you and making you happy. That also doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. So there is such a thing as being too selfless and too selfish. So the compromise would be walking in the middle, being balanced. So, but anyway, so the codes, both codes acknowledge the force but do not acknowledge the other. And if they do in some way acknowledge the other, they acknowledge it with disdain. Like, yeah. you know, let's just go to, there's no emotion, there's peace. Yeah. Arguably, the Sith are all about emotion, and so they say peace is a lie, there's only passion. They're rejecting each other. They acknowledge the Force, but they reject the other side of it, saying, this is the Force, my way is the Force. Now, compare that to yin and yang in the sense that you cannot have one without the other. Literally, in the names, it acknowledges, oh, so you want light with dark? Oh, no, I, I don't want I don't want that. Oh, so you want dark with light? No, I, I just want dark. Oh, you want dark with light? No, I just want dark. Yeah. No, you can't. You can't. I think it's just really interesting that the Jedi and Sith are so against each other when, in reality, it doesn't appear that maybe the Force is meant to be that way. Yeah. Maybe there are no sides. Maybe it's all just the Force. And the only sides to it are your intentions. Am I boring you? No. <laughs> I'm sick. <laughs> That's the problem. So, I think the whole concept of yin and yang is very interesting. And I wanted to talk a little bit about Avatar. Because yeah. Avatar went 
through a similar journey of the yin-yang thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense that... I mean, actually, it was also very similar to Mortis' spirit journey. Mm-hmm. In Avatar, basically, there's two koi fish. A white with black spots and a black with white spots. Representing yin and yang. But they're not just koi fish, they're spiritual. Yes. And so Zuko... Um, he ends up killing one of them. He kills the the white one, I think. And in doing so, he thinks that he's kind of separated that link. Yeah. Now, it's not the same concept as, oh, the son killed the daughter, so there's huge ramifications. But for Aang, the avatar, who's specifically connected to the spirituality of that uh, of that world, he feels the effects of that. Yeah. So much so that the other koi fish spirit, um, like overtakes him, and he goes on like a Godzilla like rampage. Yeah. That's until, great. uh, Korra, not Korra. Oh my gosh, K- Katara. Yes. I'm mixing my avatars. <laughs> uh, until Katara um, resurrect. No, it's not even that. The girl. The girl that um, Sokka fell in love with. Yes. The uh, one girl he should have ended up Suki. with. Not Suki. No, the moon girl. Oh, the moon girl. She gives her life to become the fish, remember? Right, 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 right. Oh, get, because... Yeah. because She so- became the moon. Yeah, because Sokka made a joke. Because the dark, the dark one represents the water. That's yeah. what Aang uses to kill the Fire Nation army. And then one represents the moon. It's the relationship between them. Um, gotcha. If you can't tell, I'm I didn't rewatch this in yeah. preparation, but you, you're getting to. my gist. <laughs> but so it's in, yeah, because Sokka makes a joke. It's like yeah, I fell in love once, and she became the moon. So yeah. Um, but anyway, so it's a very similar Mortis spirit journey in the sense of the light and the dark, the sides being separated, and the ramifications of that. Yeah. As soon as the daughter died, there were immediate ramifications to that. Yeah. There was there. There's a problem with that. The idea isn't that one overtakes the other. It's about them working together. And that was the whole role of the father, to keep them balanced. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's really interesting, the idea of the light and the dark being shared. You can't have one without the other. You know, Luke even says, powerful light, powerful dark. But it seems like we're, it seems like the Jedi and Force users in general are like, oh, but we're the dark side. The dark side is evil. As if the dark... So, we treat it like it is Mortis. Mm-hmm. Would you say the sun is evil? From a certain point of view. <sighs> yes. He's evil. You would think <laughs> that, okay, so the daughter, light, she's good. It's almost like we treat the Force like people like that. Yeah. To say the dark side is an evil side... And the light side is the good side. Here's the thing, though. The daughter was also cold and just... Emotionless? Emotionless, Mm -hmm. exactly. Very restrained, you know, um, kind of without desires and and very... Boring. Yeah, (laughs) Jedi-like. So, but my point being, and I, I, I feel like I'm rambling a little bit, but hopefully I'm making sense in this but my point being the characters and even us as fans understanding the narrative tend to look at it like the dark side 
is a side. It's a separate piece that is evil. And we look at the light side as a separate piece that is good, as if they are the son and the daughter. They're individual. But, based on what we know, it doesn't seem like that's the case. It seems like the force is just the force, and what makes the son evil and what makes the daughter good is because the son is selfish and the daughter is selfless. And so, mm -hmm. that in turn decides how the force is used by them. Mm -hmm. So it's not the force that's evil, it's not the force that's good, it's how we use it. Does that make sense? Yes. I, I think that's what I get from the understanding of the whole yin-yang, wu-jing concepts, are that there's, it's all, it's all the force. Mm -hmm. It's just about what we do with it, or what the characters do with it, I mean, you know? Yeah. Any thoughts? It hurts when I swallow. <laughs> Important things. <coughs> Sorry. So in the cosmology of Taoism, human, human beings are seen as microcosms of the macrocosm. Mm -hmm. Basically, that we are reflections of the universe. So by understanding the macrocosm, we understand the microcosm. By understanding the mountain, we understand the molehill. Yeah, basically. Yeah. You know, what makes the pebble is the same thing that makes the mountain. It's mm -hmm. just the size is different. So what makes the universe is what makes us. And so by understanding us, we understand the universe. And by understanding the universe, we understand us. Very similar to the Jedi's perspective of the Force in the sense that the more we know the Force, the more we, more we know ourselves. The more we know ourselves, the more we know the Force. Gotcha. Mm, interesting. Very interesting. So, so you can... You see why I think this is one of the biggest inspirations of the Force? Yes, I do see. Of other religions we will talk about, none of them come this deep with their inspirations and similarities with the Force. And I'm not saying that the Force is basically Taoism, but, I mean, because we see some differences. We see quite a few differences. Mm -hmm. Essentially, you know, George Lucas even said, like, he took pretty much all religions and made them into the Force... And we're going to talk about that because we see Christianity, we see Catholicism, we see Buddhism, we see um, Irish Catholicism as well. You know, we see a lot of stuff kind of wrapped up into the Force. And especially like the Jedi and such. We even see Bushido, which is not a religion, but it's, it's a code system um, to a practice and way of life. And so it's this idea, again, there there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes into making the Force the Force, and making Star Wars Star Wars, and Jedi and Sith who they are and everything. But none of them hit as many points as Taoism in terms of the ethics, in terms of the worldview, in terms of the individual view, in terms of the cosmology of it. All of it really, like, I feel like if you took my script and replaced Taoism or Tao with the Force at any point, you, if you replaced it with the Force, it would sound right. Mm -hmm. It would sound like an explanation of the Force a lot. Yeah. Now, this, again, isn't a complete view of the Force. This is more so, what are the similarities between Taoism and the Force? And what does that teach us about the Force? So, knowing a little bit more... Did you... You, you didn't. Did you know anything about Taoism before this episode? 
Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah, I taught you something. Um, see, that's the fun of this, is it's educational. So, understanding a little bit more about Taoism. Yeah. Do you think it brings anything new to your understanding of the Force? I think it definitely brings context to the... To the, 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 to the Force. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it definitely helps understand mm -hmm. the force you know what I mean yeah I and I think it's a great way to challenge what we think the force is yes um, because like I said the biggest thing I get out of this and the biggest thing that I think the f that the story group is trying to tell us with the force now is hey the force isn't as straightforward as you think the force isn't a weapon to be used by certain groups of people the force isn't, it doesn't have sides. The force is the force. It's about what you do with it. You know? And, because a lot of the storytelling I see going that direction. Um, kind of stretching that. Introducing the Bindu in Star Wars Rebels. Um, we, we're starting to see a lot of gray areas. Yeah. And we call them gray areas because we've always known light and dark. But what if the gray areas are the most clear areas of the force that we've seen because the gray areas have no affiliation the gray areas don't belong to the jedi or the sith the gray areas are just the force mm -hmm. i think that's where we can start to understand the force a lot more and yeah. so um also the last thing i wanted to mention is that if you think i forgot about force ghosts so the taoist equivalent to force ghosts would be xian Enlightened practitioners of Taoism who are either spiritually or physically immortal and who exhibit superhuman traits. Wow. So they even believe that you can become so close with the Tao that you can be immortal. But that you're selflessly immortal. You're not immortal for yourself. You're immortal for the passing on of what you've learned. Okay. Oh. Gotcha. See, and actually in Buddhism, and we're going to get into this when we talk about Buddhism more, Buddhism has a very similar perspective that you can only be immortal um, if you're in the in-between. So Buddhahood is immortal in a sense that you have no um, physical connection any longer. There's an in-between period where you can actually be so Buddha that you say, nah, I'm not going to go be eternal. I'm going to stay here and teach people. Mm -hmm. And so it's a lot like Yoda, Obi-Wan, in the sense that they could have gone on and been one with the Force a long time ago, but they've stayed behind to teach and to, to pass on what they've learned. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. And it shows that there's a, there's a difference in the sense of, you know, everyone kind of passes on, but only those who are truly enlightened by the Force, who have come to a very particular understanding of the Force, can find a way to keep their consciousness in such a way to pass on what they've learned. So, hmm. it's very interesting. It is interesting. And that's the stuff that's so crazy, like when you start to study this, it makes you really think about the Force and what you think of the Force and, and all this other stuff. So, um, kind of just as a recap, so... Taoism and the Force. Yes. The Force is essentially the Tao in similarities to the idea that there is a universal power that 
connects and gives life and controls all things. But on the individual level, we there is key um, that is very similar to the individual force user's connection to the force. So there's the universal energy field, and then there's the individual energy field. They're all made up of the same thing. And Taoism ethics and Jedi ethics are very similar, and they teach compassion and humility and moderation and detachment from desires and, you know, uh, warnings against attachment and so forth and so on. Um, and they both have a very similar goal of Tei or Wu Wei um, to the idea of being so close with the Force that you are uh, peaceful, passive, still. You're not um, disturbed by the environments or by what's going on around you and everything. Um, that you can be so close to the way that you um, are kind of on a whole nother level of existence. Gotcha. Um, and then there's really the Wu Jing and Yin Yang stuff is more about the interesting ideas of whereas the Jedi and Sith feel like their way is the way and they're right, with Taoist uh, teachings, there's not one without the other. And in fact, the universe is constantly moving between both light and dark, life and death, light and dark, life and death, and just keeps recycling. So it's really, really, really interesting stuff. And like I said, I think that we can start to uh, see a little bit more and think a little bit more about what the Force is because of understanding some of the religions that inspired it. Yeah. So this is episode one of that, and this is that's Taoism. Now, if I didn't get anything explicitly right, or if I maybe didn't do justice some, to something, and you, you are a Taoist, you do believe in, in Tao and everything, and you want to uh, add into the conversation, please do. Um, also, if you just want to talk about how interesting this stuff is, uh, and continue the conversation, then um, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff, um, reach out to us. We want to see, what do you guys think of all this stuff? Uh, because I definitely think it's interesting, and I'm a big enough nerd to want to talk about it for a little while. So... With that, we're going to move on to the questions. Alright, so I'm pretty sure the people are sick of hearing me talk, so... Megan, say some words. Um, what's the difference between a hippo and a zippo? Uh, one's a little lighter. Yes, one's really big and one's a little lighter. Oh, okay, well there you go. <laughs> I said the gist of it. Yeah, um, so we asked you guys if you could write a short story... Or a short Star Wars story. What story would you tell? Uh, Metal Mando said... Yeah. yeah, Metal Mando. Metal Mando. Said that he would want to write Dexter Jester's backstory. Yeah. I want to know that one. I feel like... And, um... Oh, no, that was on a, def a different thing we put out on Twitter. Yeah. Um, someone else mentioned something here or there about Maz Kanata on a separate thing we did. Yes. I think Maz... And Dexter are great storytelling potential. Yes, definitely. So, for instance, you could have a prequel anthology book where it's basically just Dexter Jester telling different stories. Yeah. And you could have a sequel trilogy anthology book where it's basically just Maz Kanata telling different stories. Yeah. Because you know they have stories. I want to know how he met Obi-Wan. Exactly. Like, they seem to be really good friends. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like he just went, I feel like Obi-Wan just went to his diner on a bad day. She's like, man, Qui-Gon just doesn't understand me. He's just such a hippie. I just wish, you know, I just I just wish he would uh, uh, be a better teacher. Yeah. He's holding me back. Dex, give me a blue milk. Right. Make it a double. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, Roll farm boy. Said he prefers to let others do the right and so he can just enjoy. Uh, not a bad idea. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I I replied to him. I was like, you know, I think that's good because I think sometimes we can get ourselves in trouble when we write our own stories in our heads. Yeah. It's like this is what it's, this is what's gonna happen, and then it doesn't happen, and we're like, oh, my idea was better. Yeah. Was it though? So, I, not, and that's not a criticism. I think a lot of fans have a lot of really great ideas. I think there's a lot of cool stories that could be told. But I think sometimes we get co so caught up with the stories we think that we can't enjoy the stories that actually come out. Yeah. So, it's all about managing expectations. Yeah. Zach Grace, or Zatch, I don't know, <laughs> uh, said Ahsoka meeting Luke. As long as it's after Return of the Jedi. I don't know your context. No, I'm just saying, I, I refuse to accept the idea of Luke meeting Ahsoka before that. Okay. Just because I feel like that messes with Luke and his story and his journey. Gotcha. I feel like for it... And, and Okay, big banner going up. This is just my opinion. All right? I just don't like the idea of Luke having any extra prior knowledge about his father yeah. before going to face him. I feel like story Luke's story is significant significant because he has Obi-Wan and Yoda constantly saying you have to go fight your father. You got to kill your father. That's the only way to bring peace. And it's supposed to be significant for Luke alone to come to the conclusion I'm going to do it my way actually. Mm -hmm. If Ahsoka gives him that idea, I feel like that takes away from his story. If it if he's like, "No, I think uh, I can save him." Ahsoka told me these stories and all the I just yeah. I think that distracts from from Luke's power yeah. in his father's story. Either so, that, or if it's like when he's really, really young. Like she just comes to Tatooine, finds a small boy, and is like, hey, there's a kid. Mm -hmm. Something like that. I could almost accept that. I don't think that would happen, though. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not a... I, I, I love and relish the idea of them sitting around a campfire and telling stories. Gotcha. Okay, I totally love that. I just want Your it... dad. <laughs> <laughs> I just want it to be after... I Because I want... I think Ahsoka wouldn't tell him unless she knew... You know, it would start with, like, you know, oh, Luke Skywalker. It's like, yeah, I, I know my dad was this great Jedi, and he fell down a bad path, but in the end, I think... I think he came back around. I think then Ahsoka would be like, oh, thank God, I can talk to him about his dad. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I didn't want to be, I, you know, I didn't want to have to be the one to tell him it was Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I feel like it has to, I, I feel like for it to work, it really just has to be after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. But I want it to happen. I'd love for it to happen. Uh, Ray Mueller said, a story about the parents who refuse to give their child to the Jedi and what the implications are. Oh, I, I want that love one too. that. I love a parents on the run kind of story concept. Because yeah. we talked before, we when we did the episode, uh, the Clone Wars rewatch, when Palpatine kidnapped the kids. Yeah. We talked about, like, what if the parents just said no to the Jedi? Like. Yeah. What if they just were like, nah, I don't really want him to be a Jedi. I want him to be a carpenter like their dad. Like, 
what happens? Yeah. You know, uh, I think that would be a really cool story. That would be cool. Uh, Rebecca said that she's not a writer, but Claudia Gray could write a Ben Solo story. She could. I wish she would. Yeah. Cla- Claudia Gray is the new Timothy Zahn. Don't at me. <laughs> I mean, she has she has her name on so many Star Wars books and some of the best, um, not to discount other great authors, but yeah. Claudia Gray's... She's fantastic. She's basically Timothy Zahn of the new era. Yeah. Uh, Laura Lake Star Wars said that she'd also defer to Claudia Gray. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I would, I, I would really, I, I, I am going to eat up any, I mean, she's coming out with, uh, Master and Apprentice next, next month, so. Don't eat books. I'm gonna eat it. Don't I'm gonna eat, eat it. Book. It's got glue in just it. Just put some hot sauce it's on bad it. bad for just... you. That's edible. No. Don't eat books. Respect books. <laughs> Don't eat books. Read them instead. Exactly. <laughs> like they were meant to be. Exactly. Like God intended. Ian said that he likes telling stories about the little-known areas, events, factions, and characters. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was going for with the question, was, like, if you could tell a story about anything and anyone you wanted, what would it be kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, because I'm always interested. It's always curious when you ask people, like, background character that you want a story on go and it's like that it, it's it's really interesting to hear what some people say yeah you know so your answer if you could write a star wars story um what did what would what would you make it about uh two i have two. Oh, cad bane okay i love cad bane and i want to know more about him tarful Okay. I want I want a Wookiee story. That's because we watched the episode recently. Yeah. Did. yeah. Oh yeah. I want it only in Shrewook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's an author out there that would do it though. Michael Morisi. There you go. That's there your you book. Go. Michael. That's your book, Michael. Michael. Um, I like Tarful. that. I I, I, I would love a Wookiee centric story. Yeah. I think that'd be a great way to expound their history and, and culture and everything. Yeah. Um. I would love uh, up-and-coming Cad Bane, too. That would be really interesting. Yeah. His tiny, tiny boy with a big head. Right. Bigger dreams. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um. Yes? Um, off the top of my head, I would just, I would love to write the story of the Mandalorian Jedi. The, the, the... Only, as far as we know, Mandalorian Jedi. I mean, because all we know is that there was one. Yeah. He was a Vizsla. Uh, eventually he died, and the Mandalorians stole his yeah. uh, Darksaber back. So we got post-Vizsla here. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Shea Vizsla, I think was... No, that's not right. That's the female from KOTOR. Sorry. Um, I'm mixing up my Vizslas. There are a few. Uh, e- either way, I'd love to expound that story. Um and what that meant for him and the Mandalorian people and probably the conflict that there was. Because you you got to think, the Mandalorians were fighting the Jedi, so I'm sure his family had some things to think about. His clan probably had some things to think about him going and being a Jedi kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably like to tell something in that, that era. And I feel like it's so far from everything else that I could kind of write what I want and not have to worry too much about, oh, is this going to affect this and so forth yeah. and so on. Like, we want, we want a story about the Mandalorian-Jedi War anyway. Exactly. Which, I mean, 
it it came out before we could put it in the news, but apparently it's being rumored that the Game of Thrones directors, Benioff and Weiss, are going to be um, starting filming later this year. Mm-hmm. Big, big possibility. Um, I say that because I felt like they were going to take a little bit more of a break after going... I mean, they were up front, like, Game of Thrones ending, and then we're starting Star Wars. But I felt like they were going to... I felt like it was going to be next year before we started filming. So, but, Star Wars Newsnet, they're usually pretty reliable. We, I mean, they're the one... I criticized them for talking about Bosk and IG-88, and guess what? Christmas, Jon Favreau said, we're getting IG-88, or some IG model. Yeah. So it's like, okay, there's some credibility. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and apparently it's set before the Skywalker saga. Hmm. Now, is that Old Republic? I, I feel like it has to be. It's gotta be. Like, just go far away from everything we already know, please. Mm-hmm. Show us early Jedi. Show us early Sith. Show us Mandos. That kind of stuff. Show me the Mandos. Exactly. Um, so, we also asked you guys, if you could have one Force power, what would you choose? Uh, Holo Chronicles said being able to tell if the girl you want to kiss is your sister. Luke did not have that power. Poor baby. <laughs> Uh, but that is a good yeah. idea. When we went to see uh, oh. <laughs> Empire Strikes Back with the live music, it was obviously fantastic. But when Leia kisses Luke in Empire, everybody, everybody just went, Ugh. and it, it was, was so, so funny. funny. Oh. It was it was really great. Those moments that you're used to sitting at home and reacting. Yeah. Um, you know, like the whole one when um, the toolbox falls on Han, Han's head or like when they're yeah. trying to fire up the engine and everything's going wrong. It's like, turn it off, turn it off. All those <laughs> moments that you enjoy, it's so funny and exciting when you're in a room with about 300 people that react the same way. Yeah. It's awesome. I forgot how many times uh, they failed to jump to hyperspace and empire. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's always funny to me. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, Hyperion Adventures podcast said appearing in different locations secretly so that they can work from home. Smart. Very smart. It's very smart. Very smart. Uh, Miss Raven needs some Quinlan Voss said Rowan Freemakers force building powers. Yeah, so basically Lego building with the force. But, um, I mean, just imagine the cool stuff you could do with that. We have so many model kits that are sitting on our <laughs> right Right, now. if I could just force build those, that would be fantastic. That would be lovely. Um... But no, but the, I mean, now what I find interesting about this is like, now Freemakers is not super clear on how canon it is. Roger is canon, we know that, mm-hmm. but we just don't know how much of Freemakers is canon. What I will say is think about, like, we talked about earlier, like the universalism of the Force in the sense that it's not just the Jedi and the Sith, it's so many others. Think like, what if there was just a whole group of people out there who decided, hey, I have the power to use the Force and, you know, all, all this stuff. I'm going to make beautiful architecture. Like, just, you know, a, a, what if that's how the first Jedi Temple was built? Like, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of cool things. Yeah. Not to keep talking about Avatar, but I'm going to. It's like the waterbenders who live in the swamp. Yeah, well, then they use well. It's like every bender, like the the earthbenders that use that to build their homes and and so yeah. forth. It's like so forth and so on. It's the practicality of it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I could kill people with this, or I could just build a house. You know. <laughs> if you could be a bender of any kind, what would you be? Metal. 
Yeah, that'll be- <laughs> That's very on brand. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd do that every time too. My my and the thing nobody would expect is like, "Aha, we've bound its hands and feet. He cannot bend metal." Just watch. Headbang. <laughs> <laughs> um No, yeah. I I would if I could be a dual duality bender, I would be fire and metal. Fire and yeah. metal. Because you can't have metal without fire. Just like whoosh. <laughs> Sorry? I make the whoosh and I make the clang. <laughs> so you'd be uh, a uh, a smith? I'd be a forger, yeah. Yeah. I I like uh, waterbending, but I also like airbending. Both very uh, regal, elegant yeah. um, of the two, yeah. I like waterbending because of the concept of bloodbending. <laughs> So cool. That was so. That was so cool, cool. <laughs> to introduce it. That's when Avatar really got like, oh my gosh, yeah. oh okay, that's lit, right? Um, gosh, I love Toph. Can I just have a moment to recognize we... that? I love my favorite She's moment. Fantastic. My favorite moment is when Appa's missing, and Sokka's doing say. making flyers, and he's like. Everybody's picking on him because it's like, that's not what Appa looks like or, or yeah. whatever. And Toph's just like, I think it looks great. And he's like, oh, thank you. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of blind jokes that they make in that oh, show is it. fantastic. Toph is my favorite character. She's great. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, okay, so, but Force Powers. Yes. What would you pick if you could have anything? Bloodbending? <laughs> no. <laughs> I wonder if you could with the Force. Probably. Hmm. Interesting. All right, yeah. but anyway. Um... Hmm. You'll go up here. Hmm. Um, gotta share that song on our Twitter. Yeah. So people know what I'm talking about. We just need to cover it, call, call it Yoda Pants. Yoda Pants. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes! That needs to happen. Funny joke. Um, hmm. What's it called that Quinlan Voss has? Um, Force Psychometry. Yes. The, that one. The kind of, the tracky, uh, feeling the force of the object kind of thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. I would never lose anything. <laughs> oh, gosh. Thank you. That would be fantastic. That would be lovely. <laughs> if I could just have a day where we don't have to look for your keys, that would be amazing. Excuse me. I know where my keys are right now. Uh, right now? They're in the car. <laughs> <laughs> Great. In the cup holder. What about you, Mr. Butt, um, butt Pants? Force lightning, probably. I would, I would, I would, I would enjoy uh, <laughs> just some nice uh, electrocution. So that you could like cover yourself in a snuggie, and just like walk into a room and go ultimate power. <laughs> hey, nobody would make fun of my snuggie though. <laughs> like if if he could shoot lightning, you don't talk about a dude's wardrobe. <laughs> it's like the whole joke. Uh, it's in a Chris Hardwick special. The reason that nobody, like, made fun of uh, He-Man because he had a page boy haircut and wore a leather halter top was because he was riding a tiger. Exactly. Like, how can you how can you hate that? Like, how can you say anything? Dude's yeah. riding a tiger. What are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so, uh, we also have some t- moments where people ask us things. We appreciate when you do that. We Thanks. got a few this week. Yeah. Uh, Michael Johnson asked... Why didn't Darth Vader recognize C-3PO and R2-D2, John? I was excited about this one. I like this yeah. one. This is one of those really interesting ones that's created from just the simple fact that 
the original trilogy came first kind of thing. So it's one of those really interesting moments that now all writers are bound to. Yeah. So, um, in my research, R2 is easy. R2 and Darth Vader have, so far, never met. Mm -hmm. After Mustafar, R2 never sees Anakin again. Yeah. As far as, Anakin, or as, far as R2 knows, Anakin died. Yeah. Um, the only other time they're in, even in near proximity to see each other is during the trench run, um, when Vader is uh, barreling down on Luke. And he actually, in that moment, shoots R2. So, <laughs> <laughs> whoops. Yeah. Um, C-3PO, though, he and Vader have encountered once. Um, and it's actually not in any of the films. And, yeah, so for this, I did look at comics, and, and I tried to look at everything I could look at to, to see. So yeah. R2, Vader, never encountered each other. C-3PO only encountered Vader once, technically. Um, it's during the Star Wars main run when R uh, when C-3PO is captured by an elite group of stormtroopers. Uh, they capture him and say, okay, he's a protocol droid, he's with the rebels, he's probably got some information. Um, we probably want to use that. So they contact Vader and they're like, hey, all the rebels got away, sorry about that, but we did capture a protocol droid. Yeah. And so it's like, hey, we'll, we'll bring it in, we'll take it apart understand what it has, and Darth Vader's like, nah, just kill it. Yeah. Get rid of it. Um, for all intents and purposes, based on what we understand about holograms, he should have been able to see that it was a protocol droid. Yeah. It's really hard to infer if he knew it, who it was C-3PO. C-3PO doesn't speak up or anything, and yeah. at the end of the day, everything's blue in holograms, so he didn't see that it was goldenrod. It just, he just saw... A protocol droid. Yeah. Now, but if it was just a protocol droid to him, he probably would have said, yeah, strip it for what it's worth, you know, kind of thing. Why would he want to destroy it with no motivation if he didn't think it was C-3PO? Yeah. Eh, probably just because he hates anything about Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Um, so, it's a, bl it's, a, it's a blurred line because did he know it was C-3PO? And if he did... You know, why did it... I, I, yeah, you gotta think, like... Number one, he absolutely hated everything from his past life. Mm -hmm. Number two, it reminded him of, you know, home. Mm -hmm. It reminded him of Tatooine. Yeah. And I think that's why Anakin just hates C-3PO in general. <laughs> right. Because um, in Legends, there's a moment where it's much more tender... Yeah. He has a, a bit of a flashback to when he was building 3PO. And that's cool. It's like, oh, it's kind of tragic, it's, you know, and everything. But yeah. He puts his head against C-3PO's head. Yeah, it. but it's also one of those moments where it's like, a droid shouldn't be able to do that to him. Yeah. Darth Vader, the big, bad, evil dude that we know, yeah. that, that shouldn't be the case. I mean, he was evil up until the point he knew he had a son. Yeah. So it's the idea, like, if a droid could bring back those kinds of memories, that's kind of, that's kind of squishy, you know. Like that, that makes him very soft. And Vader's not meant to be that way. Yeah. Can we acknowledge that Anakin Skywalker can speak binary? Yeah. Weird. So can Ray. Yeah. Ray actually has an explanation. Ray apparently, uh, she found a downed uh, Y-wing's uh, central computer. Yeah. Um, that's actually where her helmet comes from and everything. 
And so basically, she ran flight simulations on it, which is where she learned how to fly. And she kind of studied it in such a way to learn how to speak with it in binary. So she learned droid speak. Oh man, can you imagine like a moment between her and L three and the Falcon? Oh computer? man, that'd be great. Uh oh man, can you imagine L three learning that Han's gone? About bloody time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But oh man, can you imagine? L three doesn't know. Yeah. Oh, man, Lando walking on the Falcon again in Episode Nine. I'm going to get so emotional. I already know that. Oh. I got emotional when we saw Lando in Empire. And that's happened before when we watched yeah. Empire since um, The Force Awakens. But yeah. um, obviously when you're in with live concert and everything, it's even more emotional because it's just one of those moments like, oh, oh gosh. Yeah. Wow. Because when you see him being buddy-buddy, and I know, yeah, Lando gave him up to everything. Yeah, but it's just one of those moments where it's like, oh, we're not getting that again. We're not right. seeing that on screen again. Yeah. Ugh, my heart. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, to re-explain, Darth Vader never saw R2 again, uh, and he saw 3PO once, and he probably just wanted to kill him because it reminded him of his past. So, that's yes. kind of uh, what my research yielded. Yeah. Uh, Ian Strange asked, Arc Troopers versus Commando Droids, who would win? I want to hear your answer first. Arc Troopers. Huh? Arc Troopers. Oh, okay. I figured you would say that. You you always believe in the clones. I do believe in the clones. I am very technical. Mm-mm. If you can't guess from the last question Ian asked, where it's like, okay, which republic are we talking about and which empire are we talking um, I'm I'm real technical in the sense that I feel like no matter which setup it would be, there would be more commando droids than clones. It also depends on who those ARC troopers are. If it was Fives and Echo... I feel like they could they could hold their own pretty dang well, um, but if it's just arc trooper arc troopers, mm, if it's a two to four situation, I feel like the commander droids could have it. Mm-hmm. So, so if it so my answer is if it's echoes if it's echo and fives, I feel like they could take on a good squad. Yeah. If it's just like Colton Blitz, if it's just some rando, one episode appearing arc troopers, yeah, eh, I feel like I feel like commander droids have it. But you know how we'll find out? How Playing we'll find it in Battlefront. Yeah, we will. Uh, this, Yeah, he asked this question last week when we were actually talking more about Battlefront, but uh, we were late. We didn't see it in time to add it into the episode. So, yeah. Uh, But yeah, so uh, we'll meet on the Battlefront and answer the question there. If we I'm playing... meet on the Battlefront. Basically, who will win? Whoever I'm not playing, because I suck. <laughs> Whichever one you feed. But, uh, yeah. Oh, philosophical there. <laughs> Uh, based on a comment from Metal Mando, what was the space slug story before living on the asteroid? So yeah, he said that that was the first thing you thought of with doing the story. Yeah. Kind of like, how to get there, what's it do, blah, blah, blah. And I just thought it was so interesting, I wanted to include it on the Q&A. Yeah. So basically, in studying, so they're called exogorths. Exogorths, okay. Apparently, they produce asexually. Basically, they grow to a certain point, and then they separate. And uh, the two parts become individual uh, conscious worms. And they just go from there. Weird. They propel themselves off of an asteroid to move about to the next place they want to be. So if they want to move around, they basically just launch themselves like a spring uh, to the next asteroid. Yeah, first they have to take themselves off of the hand that is puppeteering. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, the interesting thing is, 
it doesn't answer the question of how did they get there in the first place? Like, how did it begin? Um, Do you ever wonder why we're here? <laughs> well, that, yeah. Uh, the big questions. So, I can only imagine maybe in some way either life reproduced in such a way that the exo that an exogorth was produced and from there produced asexually until we have thousands or so exogorths throughout the galaxy. Um, or, uh, I don't know. I don't know how it came about, but um, that's basically the life of an exogorth is they just eat and grow and then when they grow big enough they actually separate and become more exogorths that then go about and find their own asteroid to live on. Now the interesting thing I found is that some exogorths can actually not reproduce. So instead of growing to a certain point and separating, they actually just keep growing and could possibly grow indefinitely. Ooh. That's a pretty interesting concept. That is neat. So, uh, yeah, so that's the life of a space slug, in case you were wondering. Where did it come from? Good question. Um, maybe some bacteria fell off of, like, a space whale and then evolved into the space slug. Deep. I mean, because we know there are space whales out there. We know there's gas-eating um, space rays and such, you know. Yeah. And actually, much like them, space slugs normally have a diet of radiation. Uh, they normally eat, like, gaseous clouds in space. Uh, but in doing so, kind of like how whales most, you know, they want the krill, but they get a lot of water. Yeah. Sometimes they get ships, sometimes they get asteroids, sometimes they get minox. There's actually even space slugs that have an entire ecosystem living in them. You know, uh, the the whale shark, their throat's only about the size of a quarter. Yes, we went to the we, aquarium the, uh, last weekend. Yeah, we did, and it was fun. We so, saw the cutest baby. Yes. Who was terrified of the whale oh, sharks. Oh, yeah, she was so scared of it. Every, was anything so bigger than her, she was just scared. So, guys, that's our show. That's our Q's and A's. Um... Look out for our next uh, batch of Q&As so that you can get a shout-out on the show and so that you can try and stump us with your weird questions. Um, and hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Uh, we leaned into the educational bit of um, our uh, episode writing, but hopefully you enjoyed it. Maybe you learned something. Let us know. What, what do you think this kind of inspiration and understanding teaches us about the Force? Did it change your perspective of the Force? Do you completely reject it? What you know? What do you think? We want to know. So, Twitter, Facebook, follow us, like us there so that you can stay connected and that you can keep the conversation going. See when we post episodes, don't post episodes, when we post memes, all that good stuff. Yeah. Also, go ahead and head over to our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, subscribe there. Check out the videos we already have. We're going to be putting up some new videos uh, mentioned on our Monday Motivations that we're going to be doing a uh, full review of Queen's Shadow soon. Um, we're also going to be starting a series where we talk about comic issues. So we're going to talk about uh, Star Wars Main Run and the Darth Vader series starting very soon. So go ahead and subscribe there if you want more nerd herderness and if you want to see our beautiful faces. Um, Your face is beautiful. And so make sure to rate and share the episode wherever you like. Um, that's a great way to support the show is just letting us know and letting others know what you think and that you like it. Um, if you'd like to take it a step further with your support, you can always head over to our Patreon and learn how you can give to the podcast so that you can help us do what we do. Thank you to Rebecca over on Patreon for your support. You're awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, we appreciate you helping us do what we do. Yeah. And can you think of anything else? 
Did you know that before cornflakes, people used to eat popcorn as cereal? Ew. Yeah. Um, so yeah, make sure you check out the links in the description for those Amazon goodies. Uh, support the show with your purchases there. All that good stuff. Yeah. In the meantime, until our next episode... Eat some popcorn with milk. And stay scruffy. Uh, and may the force be with you. Eat your teeth. <laughs>